right, we're glad to have uh, past Pastor Ray with us and coming a little bit early. He's with us on Saturday and, of course, taking time to be with us. And so uh, we are excited. Of course, he's preached for us many times and preached for us at our youth conference many times and always been a blessing. And you're going to love it on Saturday when you come for the soul winning training. He will be phenomenal for us. But that's on Saturday. Tonight's Thursday. We're glad to have him with us. Let's give him a warm Pacific Baptist welcome. Thank you so much. Tell you what, ever since I've been on the property today, it's just been a buzz of excitement. Teenagers out soul winning, building going, sign up sheet, 197. Most churches don't have 197 people, much less that many signed up for soul winning. You've got a great church. One of the great privileges I have had in my life is to be able to come and to see what's going on here. I hope you realize what you have. I just hope you have. This is a miracle church in a miracle city. Miracle members, miracle pastor, miracle birth. Uh, just a lot of miracles going on. Don't ask yourself how come God doesn't do miracles anymore. He's still doing them right here in Long Beach. And I uh, got to fly out and see Brother Board there on the mission field years ago. One of y'all's missionaries. Just so many great things going on here. I apologize for my voice. I'm married, so that's why I do a lot of screaming. And, and if I can't hear you well, my wife does a lot of screaming, and so maybe I can't hear you. But uh, if you have your Bible, I'm glad you have one. So that's good. Uh, there are several things on the table out there. The New Testament. Now, I didn't write this. A lot of people ask me, did you write this? I said, no. Uh, I did add to the Word of God, so I guess I'm cursed but at the very end, there is 100 pages of soul-winning notes. And so it's even got the little bridge illustration in the back. Uh, these are $7.95, but for Pacific only, tonight or Saturday, they're 5 bucks, And you're not going to get a, a soul-winning Bible anywhere for $5. So those are out there. <clears throat> and then this came out about a year or two ago. It's called, If They Can Make It, You Can Too. I'm a reader, <clears throat> excuse me, I read a lot of biographies. I've got 465 biography books, and I've read them all. And so what I did, I pulled out the greatest stories and put them in this book. So this is 180 biographies, but only one or two pages, just enough to introduce you to these great people and what they went through. So I hope you'll get that. We just have a few of those. And then we've got this one too. Many of you prayed for my wife. Uh, she was in the hospital 80 days, had just a routine gallbladder surgery. And when they took her gallbladder out, the surgeon cut her bile duct. And so that sent, uh, caused her to be septic, had five more corrective surgeries. So 80 days in the hospital, 21 days in ICU. She just about went to heaven and... God left her here. Amen. So it's a miracle. Yep. It's been over a year. And so the book is the testimony of the, of the experience. It's called Welcome to the Other Side. It'll make you cry. So get you some Kleenexes as you read that. Let's open our Bibles for a moment. And again, I apologize for my voice. This is really all I have tonight. <clears throat> and we're looking in the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20. 
At least the pastor can't scream at you too much tonight. And uh, you say, I get so tired of Brother Myers hollering at us. Yeah, I understand. And so, uh, but here we are, Acts chapter number 20. And I'll quote a verse as you turn there. In Psalm 78, the Bible says, And Ephraim, armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. But with that in mind, look over in Acts chapter 20. Paul is writing here, <clears throat> and he says in verse number 28, Take heed thereto, excuse me, back up a little bit, 24. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear, unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. Amen. Notice what he says there, that I might, that I might. Paul, the great apostle who had written 13 books of the Bible was hoping he would finish strong. He wasn't even sure of it. He said that I might. I hope I finish well. He wasn't even sure of it. And then if your Bible has dates, uh, there it is, that 60 AD. And then if you'll look over in 2 Timothy for a moment, 2 Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> now it's six years later. So 60 AD, Paul says, I hope I finish, that I might finish. Then in 2 Timothy 4, he's in prison, the Mamertine prison. About to have his head chopped off. He's chained to guards. 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished. Boy, I love that. Did you get this thought here? Six years before. Man, I hope I finish. Six years later, I have finished. That's what we'll be talking about tonight. Let's have a prayer. Father, bless now this brief time. Lord, this is my voice. I know it sounds terrible. <clears throat> and if you don't want people to hear, that's up to you. But would you just help me? And I pray that you would um, just do something special in this service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at this. Big bottle of water for Brother Myers. And I knew this would happen. Little bottle of water for me. Everywhere I go, things like this happen. I mean, I can't even get a cup of water without being put down. <laughs> Thanks so much. Maybe we'll baptize someone tonight. Y'all still baptize with the, the little bowl? Does Brother Myers still do that? or <clears throat> Y'all made him put the deep water in? Is that what you did? Oh, okay, good, good. So here's the story. <clears throat> Admiral William McRaven was for many years... He was the leader of the Navy SEAL team. They used to be called the Frogmen. They were in charge. They were the elite Navy warriors. They specialized in detonating ships, rescue missions, dangerous missions, rescue captured Americans, parachuting out of planes, leaping out of helicopters, scuba diving, operating small submarines, they're the ones that took out bin Laden with two helicopters, a fuel helicopter, an Arabic speaker, and 30 Navy SEALs. The training took nine months, and it was culminated by one special week 
which was called Hell Week, H-E-L-L, to weed out <clears throat> the weak soldiers. Five days of very little sleep, very little rest, very little food, high alert. They were told that any time during the five days during Hell Week, they could quit. There would be a bus. They could put down their helmet. No one would bother them. All they had to do <clears throat> was ring the bell, and they could put their helmet down. They tried the best they could. They were done. Get on the bus. They'd never see the other Navy SEALs again. That's all they had to do. McRaven said the morning started off 5 a.m. hell week. The door to the barracks got kicked open. Simulated <clears throat> machine gun fire started firing throughout the dorm. Tear gas bombs. Uh, simulated hand grenades. As all this was going on, smoke bombs. They were told, attend hut, attend hut, fall out, come out of the dorms, line up at attention. As they did that, they were hosed down with ice cold water. Then they were told to jump on the beach, roll around in the sand, dive in the ice cold water in the ocean, come back. And all they had to do was just ring the bell. One of the instructors stood on the beach. She had a bonfire going. He says, fellas, <clears throat> this is just five minutes so far. You know you're not going to make all five days. You might as well ring the bell while you can. Two men. The first five minutes, they rang the bell. He said, you can be warm by the fire. We've got coffee here. Why don't you come? I need some five more quitters. I need five more. Come on, get out of the water. Come just ring the bell. They had to carry logs that weighed 300 pounds as a team. They had to carry their, their raft up and down the beach. They had to dive into the water. They had to tread water for, for hours. It was all a part of the training. Just ring the bell. Hey, Ephraim, it's time for battle, but you turn back. You rang the bell. Hey, John Mark, uh, you turned back from the missionary journey uh, and you left the work. You rang the bell. Hey, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present evil world. They rang the bell. It was Jesus who preached, and he looked at the multitudes. They turned back, and he said, Will ye also go away? They rang the bell. Job's wife, after they buried 10 children together, she said, Why don't you just curse God and die? Uh, Job's wife rang the bell. It was the disciples in Gethsemane. Uh, they arrested Jesus. They all forsook him and fled. They rang the bell. Hey, Simon Peter, you ran. You denied the Lord. You lied. You quit. Simon Peter basically said, I'm done. I'm finished. No more. Uh, I quit. He looked at the, uh, the other disciples and said, I go a fishing. He was not talking about recreational fishing. Simon Peter was simply saying, I'm done with the ministry. I tried it for three and a half years. I'm not cut out for it. I'm done. Simon Peter rang the bell. And six others said, we also go with thee. Let me encourage you. Be careful what you say publicly. Be careful. Little ears are listening to you. Because when you ring the bell and you quit, someone else will too. Parents, parents don't ring the bell. College student, don't ring the bell. 
Hey, senior in high school, don't ring the bell. Single parent, don't ring the bell. Uh, aged church member, don't ring the bell. You don't want to ring the bell. I was in the airport years ago, and I got a phone call from a college student. He had been in Bible college for one week. He called me, and he said, Pastor Ray, is it worth serving God? I said, that's a strange question. What am I going to say? I wouldn't do it. Nah, I don't think it's worth it, but I'm just, you know, I'm just pastoring just in case. He, he said, I said, that's a weird question. I said, uh, why? He said, because I don't like Bible college, and I don't want to go all four years and then find out it's not worth it. I said, okay. I said, now why did you call me of all people? He said, it looks like you have more fun than anybody I know. I said, you got that one right. By the way, he quit college. He never did finish. He's not even going to church anymore. He rang the bell. Hey, it's worth serving the Lord. It's worth it now. It'll be worth it later. You will get through this. Whatever you're facing at this moment that's tough and not easy, you'll make it through this. It won't be easy. It won't be short, but it will be worth it. You got to believe that the pain is worth the future pleasure and reward. It was Larry Brown who said he pastored in a small town in Iowa for 35 years. He said, you know how I did it? I said, how did you do it? Here's what he said. I survived the quitting places. There'll be quitting places in a marriage. There'll be quitting places in the ministry. There's always quitting places in the pastorate. There's quitting places in life, but you've just got to survive the quitting places. Hey, continue. Don't ring the bell, Pacific Baptist Church, when you're weary and tired when employed and unemployed, when the best years are behind you, when it seems that the left is winning and the candidate you vote for never gets elected. Don't ring the bell. When you face a hard subject in college or in high school, don't ring the bell. When you're rejected or left out, when you feel lonely, when you're confused, discouraged, or distraught, when your kids embarrass you in public, don't ring the bell. When you're betrayed, when you're gossiped about, your name is slandered. When you can't get back to the mission field. When, uh, when, when you're battling health issues for a long time, don't ring the bell. When you're required to wear a mask, when it's not even Halloween, don't ring the bell. When others have changed direction, when death claims those closest to you, when income is low and debts are high, don't ring the bell. Hey, David, you rescued 400 men. You're mighty men. Now you tried to rescue a city. And now your family's kidnapped. And now the men you rescued are picking up stones. Your city's burned. It's called Ziklag. Now they're talking about stoning you. Hey, David, don't ring the bell. We got some psalms we need you to write. Hey, Job, you buried your kids. You've now got a disease, and your wife has told you to curse God and die. What do you say to that, Job? You're going to ring the bell? Oh, no, though he slay me, yet will I serve him and trust him. Hey, Joseph, you've lost 13 years of your life. 
Your brothers have sold you as a slave. You've lost your name. You've been accused falsely. You've been in jail. You've been forgotten. What are you going to do? You're going to ring the bell? Uh, no. Uh, ye thought to do me evil, but God meant it for good. Hey, Daniel, you've been kidnapped. Your city's been destroyed. Your parents have probably been killed. Your temple is demolished. What are you going to do? I'm going to purpose in my heart that I will not defile myself. Paul, what are you going to do that I might finish my course with joy? Hey, Elisha, excuse me, Elijah, people, revival didn't take place. The fire of God fell. Hey, you're in the cave, but don't ring the bell. Moses, you never asked for the job to lead the Israelites across the wilderness. Now they're speaking about stoning you. Don't ring the bell. Don't you imagine, don't you imagine when Jesus carried the cross up the hill and folks are mocking and women are weeping and people are now gambling for his garments and even the two thieves nailed next to him are deriding him and saying, if you're the son of God, why don't you come off and save us too? Don't you imagine Jesus heard some voices from the demons of hell? Ring the bell. Just ring the bell, Savior. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. You don't have to go to the cross. Just ring the bell. I'm glad our Savior didn't come down. He didn't come down. The devil handed him the bell. He never rang it because our Savior is a finisher. He's not a quitter. And when he did say something, he said, it is finished. Thank God, George Washington, one of our founding fathers, as his soldiers were barefoot, as they were without ammunition, as they were without proper clothing, he didn't ring the bell. One of the soldiers said, I know we're going to be okay because General Washington was on his knees in the uh, snow praying to God, we're going to be fine. Thank God he didn't ring the bell. Hey, Abraham Lincoln lost two sons. The weight of the nation was on his shoulders, but he didn't ring the bell. We never had such a big building project as you do here. We had smaller ones. We put in modular buildings. We put in a two-story building. I still remember our family lived on the church property. Try working at Walmart and living in the Walmart parking lot. I never got to go home. I'd be out mowing the grass in the morning and folks would just pull up, Pastor, our marriage is falling apart. You know, I'm counseling while I'm good. Grab a lawnmower. Let's talk about your marriage. So we lived in this glass house. I could never get away. About that time, we were going to buy a parking lot. We ran out of money and someone gave all the money to pay for the church parking lot. So we paved the parking lot. Praise the Lord. Then I get a letter from a lawyer. We're suing you. That wasn't their money. It was in a trust for someone else. So I got sued. About that time, uh, I was at a red light and the car uh, didn't see me and hit my car, totaled my car out. About that time, my wife had twins. And they were up every hour on the hour for about six weeks. I was sleep deprivated. I preached on hell 16 Sunday mornings in a row and enjoyed it. About that time, we had someone that sang in the choir that was very active in the church, was going through some, some major valleys. And that gentleman ended up 
taking his life. In the choir on Sunday, in the casket on Friday, someone put a note in the church mailbox addressed to me. What kind of pastor are you? Your members kill themselves. Why don't you go back to Louisiana where you belong? We never wanted you here in California. You know what the old devil did? The old devil put a bell in my hand and said, won't you ring the bell? Won't you just ring the bell? Thank God I had some people help hold my hand and say, we're not ringing the bell, Pastor. We're not ringing the bell. God brought you here. Hey, by the way, when you go through tough times, you need to be holding other people's hands and don't let them even reach for the bell. Hey, guess what? Since then, God called out some missionaries out of our church. So we got some missionaries now from our church that God reached down and called. And now they're in China. And now they're in Bolivia. And now they're in the Philippines. And now they're in Cambodia. Uh, Kids that were just young kids in our church. We've seen over 50,000 people saved since that moment. How come? God always blesses a church that doesn't ring the bell. Don't ring the bell. I was with Brother Treber years ago. I don't know if you know who he is. He's about this tall, and he would never put a little bottle of water up here like this. He's too good a friend for that. <laughs> I was with Brother Treber one time, and he, uh, he was reading some mail in my car. No, he doesn't smoke. Uh, that's, that's Brother Johnson. But uh, he was, Brother Treber was reading a letter, and he handed me the letter. He was trying not to betray the trust, but it was just someone, I don't even know who it was. Here's what the letter said. Dear pastor, our daughter is with child, unmarried. Our son is back in jail. We will not be back to church. We are so ashamed. We cannot face the people. You'll always be our pastor and we'll keep tithing. And then they signed their name to it. You know, somehow failure caused that family to ring the bell. You say, well, pastor, it's hard when you go through a failure, you go through a hard time like that. I know, join the rest of us. All of us have failed at something. Years ago, my daughter and I, we were going to sing a special. I've told the story here years ago, but there's two new people here. (laughs) And she said, Dad, you sing a little bit. I sing a little bit. Uh, How about we do a special at church? I said, okay, we'll do it. We rehearsed it. I mean, it sounded pretty good. You know, the pianist rehearsed it. We didn't have sheet music. She played by ear, the pianist. So my daughter's 16. We walk up to the platform, and there's the introduction to the wrong song. I look over, kind of indiscreetly, and I went. And I'm facing the crowd, and she plays the introduction to another wrong song. Finally, she plays the right song in the wrong key. I mean, we're up here like three minutes, and we hadn't even sang a a word. Here's my daughter. Now it's tense. 
And you know how teenagers are in that. Now you're starting to make gang symbols or laugh at her faces or something like that. I'm glad I'm not up here where you are right now. And, and all of a sudden, tears are streaming down her face. And then all I could do was just pull an Elvis Presley. Thank you very much. And I, and I came and sat down over here. My daughter went out the side door. She's crying. So we just stood there for three minutes, and that was a special. <laughs> hey, we failed. Hey, but she didn't ring the bell. She made a CD and she's sung hundreds of times since then and been a blessing to lots of people. Hey, don't ring the bell. Don't ring the bell. Years ago, we went through that major earthquake. By the way, when you have an earthquake down here, it's a minor earthquake. When we have an earthquake in Napa, it's a major earthquake. You know the feeling? When you have surgery, it's minor surgery. When I have surgery, it's major surgery. Okay, you'll get it later. So here we are. It's 3 in the morning, and it feels like a giant picked up our house and just shook it for about 30 seconds. You know the feeling, a big earthquake. Glass fell everywhere. Every door open, our refrigerator door open. All the top ramen my wife had been cooking for months. Came out of that refrigerator, there's stuff all over and syrup, broken bottles and glass everywhere. You said, Pastor, what was your first thought? It's Sunday morning, 3 o'clock. I said, there goes our offerings. That was my first thought. There goes our offerings. People aren't going to show up today and they're not going to give today. Alarms are going off. Our bed was scooted to the middle of the uh, 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 bedroom. Cars were moved. Uh, water splashed out of the baptistry. Cracks throughout the building. And I'm thinking, what am I going to preach on? Today we're going to continue the series on tithing. <laughs> I mean, there's no electricity. There's a fire in a trailer park. We're on nationwide news. People are texting me, how are you? Are you okay? I mean, I'm getting texts from people, I mean, even uh, uh, foreign countries. So I went to my library. All my books were knocked on the ground. I just crawled into them, Brother Myers. I crawled into the books, and I grabbed John Rice's book, Prayer Asking and Receiving, and my New Orleans Saints helmet, and I just closed my eyes and had someone take my picture. <laughs> Looked like I was dead, buried under my books. And anytime someone said, how are you, Pastor Ray? I just sent them the picture. So I got on my knees at the altar. I said, Lord, what am I even supposed to preach on today? We've had a major earthquake. And right there on the altar, this little thought came to my head. Shake well before using. <laughs> what do you think, huh? Shake well before using. Shake well. We had no electricity that day. We had 17 first-time visitors. We baptized seven in the dark. We had flashlights in the water. Why? Because you don't ring the bell. I thank God your church has not rung the bell. You could have. You could have folded. You could have said, we've been through some tough times, but you didn't ring the bell. And that's why you're shouting. That's why you got this great crowd here tonight. That's why the building's going to be finished. It didn't ring the bell. I'm glad I've got church members that didn't ring the bell. I'm glad my mother did not ring the bell when my dad wasn't home, when he wasn't much of a dad and he was missing in action most of my life. I'm glad my mother just kept coming to church, said, get in the car. It's Sunday night. It's Wednesday night. We're going to church. My daddy went to heaven 
Six years ago, I did his funeral. My mother went to heaven. Six weeks ago, I did her funeral. And I could say of both of them, they never rang the bell. Never one time did they quit. How honored I am. I'm glad I had a pastor that didn't ring the bell. He started the church and got that church going and they reached our family. Thank God for that. Why do people ring the bell? Let me give you just several common reasons. Number one, separation. Separation. When the Navy SEALs were told to jump in the water and tread water, they would join arms. They would join arms. It wasn't just them. They would hang on to each other's arms. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. That word exhort, it's kind of a new term in football. I never saw it before, but it's, I thought I heard it right, push, point. Am I saying that right? Some of you uh, pro football players that are here, I know there's several of you right here. Push, point. You say, what in the world is that? That's when the quarterback's going to do a quarterback sneak. He's got one yard to score the touchdown. And guess who's behind him? The fullback. He doesn't give the ball to the fullback. He keeps the ball, starts to cross the line. Guess what the fullback's job is to do? Push him across the line. You know, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're the push for the point people. About the time someone said, I just can't go on. No, we're pushing you over into the end zone. We're going to urge you and, and exhort and encourage you over. I love that a lot. Separation. There was a woman in Columbia. Her and her husband wanted a bungee jump. By the way, if you're a bungee jumper where they tie that big oversized rubber band to your ankle and you dive off of a, a bridge and boing, 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 boing. We have a place in our city for you. It's called Napa State Mental Institution because <laughs> that's where you deserve to be. You are nuts. You are out of your mind. We had to lock you in a haunted house or something. And so, so anyway, the husband does it. He jumps. The wife, she gets ready. She jumps and goes all the way down to the river. They forgot to tie the bungee cord to the bridge. They attached it to her leg and forgot to attach it to anything else. You wonder why so many Christians wiped out during the COVID time. They weren't attached to the local church. Local church is essential. We're more essential than anything else ever was. It's not the same sitting on the couch. It's not the same vacuuming while you're listening to the prayer. Amen, amen. Uh, 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 stepping out of the shower. Amen. You're you drying your hair, curling your hair, putting your makeup. No, no, no. It's, it's not the same. You want to see people. See, when you're at church, they see you and they say, he hadn't rung the bell. I guess I shouldn't. And then you see them and you say, I know what they're going through. They haven't rung the bell and I shouldn't. So it's a win-win situation. Number two, sometimes it's the saints. Galatians 3.1, who hath bewitched you? It's not always what happened to you. It's usually who happened to you. Such and such family, they used to come and something happened. And now they don't come anymore. No, it's who happened to them. It's somebody. Folks, let me encourage you. You didn't get in for anybody else. Don't get out for anybody else. 
See, we don't, we don't give uh, a, an account of ourselves to the Lord in groups or as families. It's all individual. Number three, quickly, sometimes it's silver. I don't know how much you've traveled. I don't know how many churches you've been in. Not every church is like this. See, you hear this all the time. You know how much $500,000 could buy in Texas? Man, I could sell everything I have here. I could move to Alabama. I could have 20 acres to mow. And the mosquitoes that come with it and the June bugs that come with it and the humidity like a sauna that comes with it and the potholes that come with it. Some of you couldn't make it in Alabama because there's no freeway traffic. You would just start going crazy. I'd hate to think you'd leave everybody you know here for $2 more an hour. Brother Myers, here's what I hear. Oh, I'm sure we'll find a church. Oh, there's lots of church. Oh, yeah. Hey, there's lots of men, lots of women. How come you married the one you have? Special. God lets you fall in love with a pastor and a church and a church family. Let me encourage you. Finish here. Finish here. We don't have that much time left. The Lord's coming. The trumpet's going to sound. Don't you want to go up together? Maybe I'm kind of nutty. I'm hoping the rapture is in slow motion. You say, well, it's not. It's a moment of untwinkling of an eye. But God could make that twinkle last a while. Don't you think it'd be cool? All of a sudden, the dead in Christ rise first, and then we're starting to go up, and our body's morphing, changing. There's Pastor Ray, six foot eight. Look at him go. (laughs) And then I could just kind of be twirling around, kind of wink a little bit. I want to see Brother Ross in his robe. That's what I want to see. I want to see Brother Ross in that, that long, white, girly robe for all eternity. I hope mine's at least blue jean or something. Silver, we must hasten. Why do people ring the bell? Sometimes circumstances. Henry Knott was a missionary 22 years in Tahiti before he had one soul saved. We had a fundraiser. I know y'all have had tons of them here for your building project. Well, I was new at it. We did everything they taught us. Go to every house. Here's what we're doing. We're building this two-story building. Here's how much we're given. Pray about what God wants you to give. We rented a building down the street for our building banquet. We brought in a guest speaker. Brother Treber told me, he says, make sure you call me the next day and tell me how you did. And we maybe had 100 people at the banquet. We passed the plates. We ended up with $6,000 in the building offering. And one guy gave the pink slip to a boat he had that hadn't been in the water in five years that the motor needed some work. 
And someone else gave us a pink slip to a car that hadn't been driven in about five years. So we got $6,000, two old pink slips. It was just enough money to pay for the catered meal, the guest speaker, and the rental of the building. Brother Treber calls the next day. I didn't even want to answer the phone. Well, how the building pro uh, uh, banquet go? I said, the food was great. Great meal, great meal. Who spoke? Man, he did a great job. He goes, how much did you raise? I said, six. He said, well, that's not bad. Don't feel bad, $600,000. That's not bad, 600000 I said, I didn't say 600000 I said, six. He said, six. <laughs> he was making me discouraged just talking to him. Sometimes circumstances makes you want to ring the bell. I want to end by saying this. Try to notice people who have a reason to ring the bell. And don't let them. Encourage. Someone said, flatter me, I may not believe you. Criticize me, I may not like you. Ignore me, I will not forgive you. Encourage me, I will not forget you. There was a very discouraged pastor that was coming to speak at our church. And I didn't know the whole story till later. He'd get his church kind of going and have a pretty good crowd of people coming, then they'd get mad and leave. Had a pretty good crowd coming and then they'd move. He was just so discouraged. Someone called the church and they said, just want you to know, Pastor, we're never coming back to your church. He got so angry. It was a long time ago, the landlines, no cell phones. He took the phone at the church, pulled it out of the wall and beat the telephone up. That doesn't help. He started crying. He couldn't stop crying. He crawled under his office desk and just sobbed. He was so discouraged. He grabbed his Bible. He said, I'm just going to walk out into the woods and just pray. And he prayed and prayed and prayed. He got tired, so he sat down under a tree. And just so happened, he sat in a bed of red ants. So now not only is he crying, but now he's getting the fire bit out of him by red ants. The next week, I was flying to a conference, and I asked him, I said, won't you fly with me? Won't you come up and speak for us Sunday night? I didn't know all this was going on. We got on the plane. He was very quiet. If I named him, you would know his name. I said, what's his name? Five bucks after the service, and I, <laughs> I, might, I might tell you. I may tell you. He was very quiet on that plane, and I saw him open a little note. It looked like a child had written him a little note. I saw him read it, and tears just started streaming down his face. He handed it to me. Dear brother, you are my hero. I love you so much. Love Faith, that was my daughter, five years old, and she put a $5 bill 
in the little note. He looked at that little note. He said, if a little kid thinks I'm special, maybe I can make it. We never realized a little five-year-old girl that wrote a note kept a pastor from ringing the bell. You never know. I don't know if I can try this. I traveled down a lonely road and no one seemed to care. The burden on my weary back had bowed me to despair. I oft complained to Jesus how folks were treating me. And then I heard him say so tenderly, my feet were all so weary upon the Calvary road. The cross became so heavy, <clears throat> I fell beneath the load. Be faithful, weary pilgrim, the morning I can see. Just lift your cross and follow close to me. I worked so hard for Jesus, I often boast and say, I've sacrificed a lot of things to walk the narrow way. I gave up fame and fortune. Really? Yeah, 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 right. I'm worth a lot to thee. And then I hear him gently say to me, I left the throne of glory and counted it but loss. My hands were nailed in anger upon a cruel cross. But now we'll make the journey with your hands safe in mine. So lift your cross and follow close to me. Amen. Hey, we don't ring the bell. Teenagers, we don't ring the bell. Single parents, we don't ring the bell. Veterans who've been in this church since it was conceived, we don't ring the bell. You're still needed. New convert that's just, man, you showed up and said, look at all these buildings. You weren't here when they weren't here. Uh, don't ring the bell. Come on. I got a deal for you. If you don't ring the bell, I, I won't ring the bell. Yeah, I got a better one. You ready? I'm not going to ring the bell even if you do ring the bell. How about you? Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask your help now tonight. Thank you for these dear people. They love you, yet they live on planet Earth. There's burdens, there's bills, there's sorrow, there's grief, there's disappointment, there's anger, there's hurt, there's rejection. But Lord, while we're going through this, people have it a lot worse than us. They're lost and going to hell. May you use us to finish our course so we can reach every soul 
that we're supposed to win to thee. Give a great harvest on Saturday with every one of these dear people at the soul winning training. Those who've never led a soul to Christ, may it be in the next week or two, they'd be able to say they got to lead someone to thee. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Pastor's coming.